I, as a medical provider, have to be aware of those things in order to be holistic and really address every need. Hello, welcome to The Seasoned RD, a podcast connecting newer professionals in the field of eating disorders to those of us who have been around for a while. I'm your host, Beth Harrell, a certified eating disorders registered dietitian and supervisor. And I'm Abby Brown, a registered dietitian who is newer to the field. I think of myself as a well-seasoned cast iron skillet with wisdom and experience, yet always ready for something new. And I think of myself as an Instapot with innovation and a fresh perspective. This podcast brings both to the table to share ingredients, recipes, and techniques of past and present so we can all be our best for the future. The kettle is heating up. The skillet is on simmer. So join us around the table for true professional nourishment. Abby, ready to stir the pot? Let's do it. This was a fun one for me. We're here with Dr. Joel Jarris, who you can see his massive bio in the show notes, but we don't have to learn on the job anymore. Listen in. His beginnings were similar to mine where you just kind of do the best that you can and lots of our guests describe how they there just weren't resources to help them learn what they needed to provide good eating disorders care thankfully that's changed and several have referred several of our guests have referred to the core courses as an important part of their formation so some really important pieces that Dr. Jaris tells us today are Dr. J We've been working together for the betterment of the patient. The doctor was doing the best they could back then without therapy and all the other components. And one of the important slices here is that integration of all these pieces of mental, medical, and nutrition, you have to know your area, but you have to know the other areas. Otherwise, it looks pretty superficial. We are here today with Dr. Joel Jarris, and we can call him Dr. J. We are really excited to have you with us today. Well, I'm really happy to be with you. It's it's fun for me to get a chance to talk with you again, and especially about these topics. Yes, yeah, so excited. I, From everything I've heard, you are quite the legend in the eating disorder community. Oh. So <laughs> this first question I have for you, I'm interested on your what your answer is going to be, because I know that you live in Florida, but you're currently in Wisconsin, where it's nice and snowy. So I know Wisconsin doesn't have many mountains, but mountains or beach? Oh, beach by far. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually, I grew up part of the time in Colorado. My dad owned a newspaper up in the mountains in a city called Estes Park. And uh, so I know the mountains and I love the mountains, but if I was going to choose between beach and mountains, it's beach. Okay. And then breakfast or dinner? Not a big, well... I would say dinner. That's kind of a culmination of a busy day and a time for me to kind of wind down a little bit and really just enjoy the time with my grandkids and daughter who live with me. Yeah. They're All right. News of the day. Last question, audiobook or paper book? I have to tell you, I'm still into paper books. Yeah. Uh, audiobooks serve the purpose when you're traveling a lot, and I do a lot of that. But there's nothing like paper books for me to hold in my hand and put it down once in a while and come back to it. I love it. Yeah. And this podcast really is a lot about, too, what are the resources? So, you know, over the over the years, we didn't have audiobooks. And paper books just feel so right sometimes. It's kind of like electronic calendars versus paper calendars, you know? Yeah. Well, I bought some of those Easton Press series. Oh. You know, you've got to take a look at those. They're beautiful. Okay. 
Okay. Kind of the classics. Yeah, for sure. I'll take a look. So I'm going to bring you back to a board exam. You have lots of credentials after your name, but you can pick whatever board exam you would like to. What do you remember about that day as a young clinician? Yeah, well, you know, the interesting thing about board exams, my board exams in particular, are that they have to be repeated every seven to 10 years. So it's still with me. And they they do that on purpose to make sure we're updated in the field and, and practicing the highest quality medicine, you know. Yeah. So, but I remember the first time taking it, I was extremely nervous, just didn't know exactly what to expect. I think that's gotten a little easier now with repeating them every seven years, you know, mm. and, but at this, I, I definitely understand that anxiety that people might have about that kind of thing. Yeah. Nevertheless, well, if you, if you do your work and prepare for it, you do well. For sure. Do you remember what it was like? Was it a paper and pencil kind of thing or was it computer? Well, you're dating me, Beth. (laughs) (laughs) Mine was pencil. Number two pencil. We had two of them. (laughs) Mine was pencil and it was um, all day in one room with about a thousand people taking it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Yeah, they didn't have very many of them. We often had to travel by air hours to get to an exam test site and uh, everybody would come from across the country to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it was probably only offered once or twice a year. That's exactly right. Yeah. Okay. Well, how'd you get into medicine and the field of eating disorders? You know, my original goal was to be an interpreter for the United Nations, believe it or not. Languages come easy to me, you know? And so I took a Spanish and French in high school and thought that that was going to be my career. But the biology and sciences just really kept drawing me closer and closer to them. And I thought, well, you know, foreign language can be used in just about whatever you do. So I got a job at a hospital as an orderly and uh, really enjoyed my work at that time. A little town hospital, town of 1,600 people, had a little hospital and And I had some amazing experiences there. And that kind of propelled my career in medicine. And then you said eating disorders as well. You know, that's a very interesting story because I grew up with a sister who struggled with anorexia and well, bulimia at the age of 15 and anorexia by age 21. She almost lost her life to it. She made a full recovery at age 46 when she hit rock bottom. And that taught me a lot. I didn't know a lot about eating disorders. There was a lot of fear of them, I would say, and a lot of stigma in, the, in society about that being a mental health issue because we didn't talk that much about that in the early 80s. You know. Anyway, I was teaching. I had left my career in, in primary care medicine to go to teach at the University of Minnesota Medical Center in the medical school. And uh, they asked me one day to cover the eating disorder unit. And I said, I don't know much about that. You know, they don't teach that in medical school. We never focused on eating disorders at all in medical school. And they said, well, do you have any experience with it? I said, well, I have a sister who struggled with it. Well, you know more than we do. So you're on, you're covering. My gosh, there you go. So I went to the eating disorders unit and learned on the job about eating disorders. And I have to tell you, I think eating disorders really becomes a a passion for people 
or they don't like it at all, you know, and it became a real passion for me. And especially with my sister's example, it taught me that it's never too late to recover from an eating disorder. And so I had this passion and I just continued and moved it forward. And here I am, chief medical officer of Montanito and Affiliates after it's been 35 plus years in just medical complications of eating disorders. It's fantastic. And I, you know, the learning on the job, how did you learn back then? There wasn't the research and there's still not a ton, but. No, it was very, I felt very isolated, to be honest with you. And at that time, yeah, there was, I guess, one other eating disorder program close by, but, you know, I I really felt like it was like learning on the job. I had the best nurses at that time. That and, and I came into the position because of an unfortunate incident with the medical director who was immediately removed from his job. And all of a sudden they said, you're starting tomorrow. Wow. And so I had to ask the nurses a lot and they are mm. invaluable mm. today included. But at that time, they really helped me through and understanding what it is that eating disorders are all about. Ah, okay. So this brings us to now we don't have to just be by ourselves and try to learn things and, and Mm -hmm. hop in. We have lots of resources. So today we're going to talk a little bit about the core courses through certification through IADEP, International Association of Eating Disorders Professionals. And you were really integral in helping to bring those core courses to what they are today. So can you give us a little background on how that developed? Yeah, sure. It's one of my favorite things that I've done in my professional career. I love teaching and I love putting together those components with a curriculum for that. And I was fortunately asked to put together the core curriculum for the medical component of the core courses. And I can tell you every single one of those core courses are built around clinical excellence making sure that the individual has the tools that they need to be that expert and demonstrate then with the certification exam that they understand and clearly can represent those ideals of a, of a certified eating disorder specialist anyway. But it took a team. It took a big team. And we all participated month after month in, in perusing oh, hundreds of papers, textbooks, and coming up with the absolute newest ideas. And now the teams continue to review those to make sure they are up to date on a constant basis. Mm -hmm. It's a really amazing process. And back then it was a different group than it is now. But course one is the overview and it includes diagnostics, case studies, and social justice Social justice, diversity, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, is a big component of that. And then it gets into some of the neurobiology and it it really looks at where we've come from and where we're at now. That's right. The history. Yeah. The history of it all. And each component really, it's fascinating. And and that's a requirement for CEDS to go through, you know, each of these components. So it gives you that very broad-based background that you need. 
Absolutely. And I want to say that we're saying it for a CEDS, which is Certified Eating Disorder Specialist. Yeah, I shouldn't and limit it to just that. <laughs> yeah, well, because we we know that we're shifting. There there was the CEDRD for Registered Dietitian, the CEDCAT for Creative Arts Therapist. And yeah. so all will eventually be the C, anyone who's getting theirs now as a CEDS, Certified Eating Disorder Specialist, which is great. Yep. But the core courses are available for people, even if they're not going through certification yet or right. don't plan to. So there's another designation that really, let's just say you're a primary care doctor and you want, want to be identified as someone. Yeah, someone who yeah. has the education and, and yes. the understanding of the biopsychosocial, the nutritional, the exactly. therapeutic modalities. So there's another way you can take those core courses and get all of exactly. that. That, even if mm-hmm. not certification. I remember running across PhD therapists, psychologists, and community mental health centers who said, I will never have enough hours to become certified, yeah. but yet they're doing some amazing work and they're absolutely seeing folks with eating disorders. So oh, these yeah. courses can be for anyone. Yeah, it's good to have that other designation as well, because you know it kind of separates you and sets you apart as somebody that does have some expertise in that area. The second core course is on therapeutic modalities. We have just rock star and faculty in all of the core courses. Just want to say that, you know, that the faculty, I know the faculty of these individual courses very well, and they have chosen the absolute best in presenting these. So you can be sure that these are people that are really cutting edge up front and really knowledgeable about what they're speaking about. That's right. That's right. And then their nutritionist course three and course four is the medical. And mm-hmm. now as part of certification requirements, there's modules. So each course is three hours and there's four core courses. And that, like you mentioned, the clinical excellence, making sure people have the tools. One of the frustrations I hear from people attending is this is pretty basic. And it's like, well, guess what? There's so much we had to cut out to keep it to only three hours each. But unlike you back in the day where you were learning on the job, this is a place we can direct people to get started right here. And I've been involved in the core courses for I don't know how many years now. I learn something new every time I sit in on one. You know, one of the other big things with this too is the integration of all of those pieces. I don't know of any other illness that crosses that divide between mental health and medical and dietary and all of those areas. You have to really be an expert in your aspect of that, but you've got to know a fair amount of the other areas in order to be able to separate out and say, what does this individual really need? For example, a patient who has abdominal pain maybe internalizing some of that emotional pain in dealing with their eating disorder. And yet you're looking and I see patients all the time who have been worked up to the extreme with every single gastrointestinal study you could imagine and CAT scans and you name it. And it really was a result of uh, sometimes anxiety, sometimes trauma that they've experienced. If you don't know a little bit about how eating disorders work that way, you're going to miss those things and, and get a superficial look and say, nah, everything's okay. I've heard it. It's, it's all in her head. You know? It's the and nail it's on the head. 
And GI mm-hmm. is a perfect example because you can see that there's nothing structurally wrong in the right. body. And so the medical doctor can look at that. So can the cardiologist. And they That's may right. say, this person just has an athletic heart or they're, everything's structurally sound without understanding the differential yeah. of nutrition and malnutrition. I think the other thing that really is a challenge, and you kind of hit the nail on the head with the cardiovascular comments there. You know, you have to be able to talk to parents of kids with eating disorders, too, and parents of adults as as far as that goes. But, you know, I've had parents bring in their competitive tennis player kid who have said, you know, the only reason I'm here is because they said uh, they were going to call child protection if I didn't bring her in. She's got an athletic heart. Mm. Don't we all have want to have those really slow heart rates and, you know, just totally oblivious to the fact that this kid has a very serious eating disorder. Mm. And so you have to be able to separate that out and talk with the parents from uh, a very informed perspective uh, and help them in a compassionate way, understand what the real issue is. And too many parents sort of in, you know, are, are feeling guilt and, and shame about this. That's so core to eating disorders anyway, whether it's the patient or the parents. And so you have to address that with them. And I, as a medical provider, have to be aware of those things in order to be holistic and really address every need. Yeah, because you're not really taught the therapeutic pieces, but you are taught a little bit about bedside manner and how th- how your words can land on a person's ears and heart. And so, oh, this just is... the language is so important because yeah. uh, you know they're hanging on every word that you're saying, and you want to make sure you're using words that are constructive that can lead to some positive outcomes rather than creating a division. And understand that both patients and parents have incredible emotions about this kind of thing. Again, some of that goes back to the guilt and the shame about eating disorders, but you have to be compassionate. And at the same time, you have to have a boundary and be able to treat the individual appropriately. Mm -hmm. So it sounds clearly like there's a lot to learn from the core courses, but if we could take it back down to the bones of the courses. So I'm... One of our listeners is really wanting to do this, but needs a little bit more of a breakdown. So we understand that there are four different courses. They're That's built right. up of modules, but how does it work? So you purchase it and then it, do you have to do it within a specific amount of time to get a book? Is it all online? Yeah. Yeah. So all of those pieces fit together for the big picture and it all culminates after you've finished all of those with the exam You can take the exam three times, up to three times if you need to, but you keep going back and reviewing that material. The the material is really broken out into every facet for that particular expertise. Okay. So I can let me speak to medical since I know that one and built that one very well. You know, you have to be updated with the most current knowledge about the medical complications of eating disorders. And even this year, there's new things coming out. Last year, there were new things coming out. So if you don't know those things, you're going to get in trouble. So this breaks it out into various sections of, you know, cardiovascular and bone health and gastrointestinal disorders. It also gets into general care issues of the gay population and specific areas in in that area that you need to be able to address 
without judgment, without any form of averse kind of thinking about that kind of thing. So it's just really important that we have that broad base component to these. And that's what it gives you is a very good look through these modules at, at all those aspects of that particular. I think, you know, it, it would be hard for me to just do the medical component. Knowing what I know about eating disorders, I could not just say, I just need that medical component because if I know that I'm gonna be fine. That, uh, that's not how it works. So even in the medical component, we still tie it back to the psychology of eating disorders and family dynamics and things, because all of that contributes to that medical knowledge that you need in order to be able to satisfactorily treat the individual. You're hearing Dr. J talk about how he learned what he did and several of our guests in different episodes talking about there weren't resources to help us. So thankfully, we do have the core courses, and this is a big shout out to the IADEP core courses, International Association of Eating Disorders Professionals, whether you're going for certification as a specialist or whether you're looking for the educational component, which would be the affiliate. The core courses are being offered at the IADEP Symposium which at the time of this recording wasn't sure if it was going to be virtual or in person, and now it is virtual. So check out the links in the show notes to get yourself registered for this year's symposium. There's some really amazing speakers. And of course, the core courses, which you you can get any other time. However, I recommend that you do look at it through the symposium because you get so much more when you register that way. So important. So yeah, Abby, you can take the core courses online. And then there's modules, which I'll I'll mention that you can also take them at the symposium that's every year and it alternates East and West Coast. Typically, of course, we're in a pandemic and we've been doing virtual the last couple of years. So when you're live, then you're with the instructors and the faculty and it's kind and of, we have a great time, don't we? Oh my gosh, it's a kind of electric. <laughs> I have to say, you're sitting in the core courses in a room full of professionals, therapists, yeah. dietitians, doctors, and insurance providers, other like everyone is in there, and, and you just feel like this is a big basket of, of well, these are right people. And you bounce ideas off of each yeah. other in real time. And you know, you're surrounded by people of your discipline as well. There's people of every discipline there at those core courses, and you have that ability to interact in real time with them. And just the camaraderie of the whole thing really makes it very, very special. Mm. I think people have really missed that from pre from oh. the past year. Yeah, you can even see Dr. J dance at some of them. Ah, my goodness. <laughs> That was a surprise. I know. <laughs> yeah, we did a flash mob. But anyways, not during the core courses. It was it was sometime else, but it was fun. Very fun. Yeah, yeah we had a great time. Yeah. It was a lot of fun to get together. So those courses are built at the beginning of the symposium. So it's kind of a pre-symposium. You can go and there's two courses on one day. I think it's a Thursday and then two on Friday. And then right. the, the symposium starts. And so... With the modules, because it's so hard to pack everything into three hours each, there's so many important things. Like you mentioned, Dr. J, about the neurobiology. That's a a separate module. And the modules range anywhere from 
30 minutes to I think an hour. They're they're just kind of side, but on nursing, nursing care, as you mentioned, Dr. J, you know, what would you yep. have done without those nurses? And we we have nurses who are certified and they Absolutely are right. completely have earned that designation. That's Physical for sure. therapy is has a module. Um, psychiatry has its separate module because you could do a whole three-hour course on just the psychiatry, right? Yeah, we really have to focus as much as we can in those areas because the volume of material is so huge. So we really cherry pick and say what is absolutely essential right now that they need to know. And by the way, if you go through the core course material, you'll do fine on the examination. That's right. Just a, a little our, spoiler yeah. alert for any of you who are nervous. That's right. You know, we build uh, the questions based on the materials that we're teaching. And of course, the reference, there are references for each area that you ca- should be taking a look at as well. And our questions come from those references as well. But we cover almost, there would be at least 95% we would cover in the core courses itself. Mm, that's so, right. Thank you for saying that. That really does help. Mm-hmm. There are outlines for each. There's a syllabus for each course. And so, Abby, this kind of wraps back around to your question, too. Like, what? how do you do this? If you do it online, you get the syllabus, you get the outline, you get the references. There's, there's readings. So very much unlike Dr. J, who learned on the job, and so many of us, because when I started in 93-ish, there were very few things that we that we had available. So the faculty, like you said, cherry picks or really looks through the the information. So we know Millie Plotkin has been a guest on the seasoned RD and she's our informationist and she will bring. So I was involved in course three, the nutrition and getting that updated for 2022. And Millie will send us a new article about something. She's good at that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think that this is the best part. This is honestly, Dr. J, this is why I started the podcast is because I miss being with the professionals within IADEP and being involved in that. It keeps me up to date um, and it gets me in contact with people like you and other guests who are doing great things out there. Well, I've missed it, uh, you know, too. The busier I get with Montanito's growth, it's hard to stay in touch individually with people. And I guess that's one of the key things about IDEP and the core curriculum courses and everything is it brings us together and shares information. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. I'm really keeping my fingers crossed that we can all be together. Yeah, we should have a decision soon on that. So, yeah. Anything else about the core courses, the faculty? The faculty, lest anybody have any fear of faculty for these kinds of things, they don't pick on you in the core courses. I mean, one of my key issues back in school was, am I going to be called on? Am I going to have to do answer this? <laughs> it's low key, but it's lots of energy. Let's put mm-hmm. it that way. The energy in covering all the topics, it's a very, they're open to questions. Mm. So if you're doing them, bring your questions to them because there's always something, even outside of some of the things we present that somebody needs to know about. So you will come away from that amazed though at what you learn. I will say that the, yes, you're not going to get called on. And I will, I'm just thinking of Dr. Phil Mailer. He will say, if 
you were to be tested on something, this might be a good thing to pay attention to. <laughs> so, you know, having taught with Phil Miller, I taught the he and I taught the medical component together for a few years. You won't find a better guy to. I think people are just in awe of that man mm-hmm. and his expertise in the field. So. He is very down to earth and and Mm -hmm. just so willing to help out with this and very helpful with noting those exam things as well. Absolutely. He's a great teacher. He has been from the ground up. He'll go into the ERs and teach those docs what to look for. And, and I'm going to say he, I'm doing this in air quotes and I know the people, the listeners can't see this, but he's retired. Yeah. But he's still like I was talking to Millie the other day. We do coffee uh, by Zoom once a month. And she sure. said, yeah, he's still asking for different research articles and things. He's not he's not retired, but he is teaching core courses for 2022 for the medical, yep. along yep. with Dr. Anna Tanner, who stepped into your spot when you. Right. Anna has uh, done a great job with that. She's got lots of she's a, actually a pediatrician and adolescent medicine doc. So that brings another component to it that's very, very helpful, I think. I think so, too. And Sondra Kronberg in nutrition with course two. When you talked about your sister and being age 46, Dr. Margot Main is really well known for eating disorders later in life. And although your sister started her process much younger, it is we see a lot of individuals in their late thirties and forties and fifties who are still wanting and needing the help with that. And let's not forget Beth Harrell in teaching. (laughs) Yes, I teach course three. I tell you, you you know, you get some of the best information from Beth. So thank you. Added a a long time and has lots to share. So it's always excellent. Yeah, and I think my variety of of age groups that I've worked with and eight years at the Children's Hospital Eating Disorder Center has really just opened my eyes to things. And and then being here in the outpatient world, I can tell you that the faculty, most of us are in the trenches with you. We yeah. are not, I, I want to say in, in the treatment centers, it seems like it's so much, quote, easier because there, you have... Yeah. You have your client, your patient there 24-7, and you have all the help right. you can get. And then when they go outpatient, you you just feel like you're on an island. Yeah, you know, the other thing too, Beth, is it's not just academics and, and memorizing things. It's how to apply them in a real life setting. And that's the key because you can learn all that stuff. And if you're not able to take it to the patient and interact with the unknowns that come from the patient sometimes you really haven't quite got what it what it takes you know in order to get to the the you know focus of the eating disorder anyway so I'm i am so just glad love you the said practical that. aspect of it yeah i'm so glad you said it's not just the academic because if you are going for the designation the educational where you're you're doing the courses and you pass the test, that's Mm -hmm. one piece of it. That's the academic piece of it. Then the certification includes supervision and it's a minimum of two years, 2,500 practice hours directly with, and is that the same for doctors? There's been a little shift in. Yeah, we've been shifting that a little bit because, you know, physicians, there's very few of them that we have out there that, you know, either want to, or have the time to be able to care for eating disorders. And I think, to be honest with you, part of the problem is that 
it's not easy caring for eating disorder patients. You know, they're not always willing to, you know, move ahead with and say, I need help. So I think that kind of keeps some of the physicians that are seeing patients every 10 minutes otherwise away from this. Primary care docs in particular are the first ones to see most of these people in the medical area and and nurse practitioners, I should say, as well, and physician's assistants see them as well. But it's one of those things that, well, let's just say it takes a lot, you know, to be able to to get through that anyway and to have that experience that you need that way. Mm -hmm. So there is a separate, I've noticed on the the IADEP website, there's a separate link for medical providers and their yes. staff. Yes. And so, uh, yeah, thank you for bringing me back to what I was <laughs> supposed to be talking about. Yeah. Um, we've, we've just now started going through that. And I would say in the medical part, we're still working through it a little bit, but we're recognizing those limitations at this point right now more to come on that, but we're giving them more credit and less hours, you know, that have to be put forward. It's a little bit of a moving target yet right now, but. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So taking that academic and then going into the supervision or working with consultation. So, you know, Amanda Mello Spring. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) of course you do. Her episode we called, you can't just webinar all day because you can't, you can do the academics, you can do the workbooks, you can do all of that, but it's, it's when you are in the trenches and maybe that's overused statement, but it's really when you're bringing those cases to consultation supervision into the group, the therapist, the dietitian, the medical provider, everyone putting in their pieces, that's where you really learn. You know, one of the things that we've been seeing, Beth, is that in the medical part, we have people coming to us looking for certification, but they're already widely known people in the area of eating disorders. And so that has created kind of a, an issue. Sometimes they meet the criteria, but there might be some little nuance that doesn't yeah. work for them in that area. So we've had to take that into account. I will tell you that one of the more exciting things that we've done is develop the unique pathway. And you and I have spoken about that before. This works especially well for international grads that don't necessarily have all the tools at hand that we have in this country to be able to you know, develop that expertise. And yet in their countries, they are the individuals that are taking care of eating disorders and have been identified as such. You know, I, I think we've made a lot of progress in how we deal with various factions that aren't all going to fall into one certain category as far as certification is concerned. Absolutely. So many options. And now the resources are there and the core courses for a starting place. And it, it, it things had shifted if you were in the old way that IADEP was doing it, that you had to take the core courses within two years of, of applying for your certification, but sometimes right. it can take four, five, six years. If you're in private practice, right. you don't, may not That's get all those hours. So I really encouraged people and we shifted that when I was in that position that yep. you can take the core courses at any time. You can take them in grad school. You That's can right. take them when you're licensed, first licensed. You can take them before you even start the certification yep. process. They're, they're available to you as a great starting point. Yeah, we've really tried to make it as as simple to get. It's not a simple thing to get a certification designation, but 
we've tried to make it as easy as we can, including that unique pathway that I was talking about. So I think more people will be taking advantage of this. We're seeing an explosion of applicants from South America, from Europe. The international component of our organization is expanding quite rapidly. So we're translating materials. And obviously with core courses and things, we're going to have to start doing some translation there as well. But that's the exciting part of growth. And the way that you both explain it, it almost, it seems like a no-brainer. Like you don't have to learn these things on your own. We've got these awesome programs. Well, and you've not only got the, the program, you've got the, the speakers that are widely known for their expertise. We don't just choose anybody to do these. You know, Margot Main in particular, she's been at this for a long time. They are beloved by the professional community. Let me tell you, they, they are people that have been around. They're very practical individuals. They're very approachable individuals. So it's a no-brainer, like mm-hmm. you said. And Beth McGilley, along with Margot. Yeah, Dr. Exactly. Main. Dr. Yeah. Lauren Mulheim in course one with Ali Spots de Lazar. Wonderful pairing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, there's so many out there, you know, that you, you will connect with with this. But these speakers are particularly adept at, at speaking on, on these topics and very knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. And so many of the people you just named off, we've had on the podcast. So Good. I can attest that they are this. I know that this might seem intimidating, but they're very nice. <laughs> Oh, they are. That's why people will really, I mean, it fits with all of IADEP. It's a, it's a very collaborative group of people, collegial. You know, you come away from a meeting just saying, wow, I didn't realize there was so many like-minded people and, and in other disciplines, much less in my own. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm hoping we get a chance to do the symposium on site this year because I think it will be really beneficial for people to be able to get together again. Yeah. Yeah, that would be great. And that's where a lot of the core courses are done. So, Well, Dr. J, kind of wrapping things up here, if you could take yourself back to entering the field of eating disorders, what do you wish you would have known then that you do know now? Well, I wish I would have had the expertise starting off instead of, you know, I was literally thrown into it one day and there weren't resources out there. Mm-hmm. So just the fundamental knowledge of how to treat medical problems with eating disorders and then the other aspects of care of eating disorders and integrating that, I think that's one of the best things that's happened is that we have become a much more integrated group of professionals working together for the betterment of the patient. Long ago, it was very random to see a team in the community that was caring for a patient. They're going to the doctor and the doctor's doing the best he can to say, yeah, well, I know you got a lot of anxiety. Let's give you this or let's give you that without the you know, therapy that uh, you know, is so badly needed a lot of the time and all the other components of it. So if I had it to do again and I stepped in without stepping into a room the first time, just learning on the job. I would take advantage of these educational opportunities to be able to be informed and not only informed, but on the cutting edge of all of this work to be able to deliver that to patient care. Mm-hmm. And that connection, huge. Thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate everything that you've taught us today so that we don't have to start from scratch. Well, it's my pleasure. I really have enjoyed the time with you. 
Let's lean on each other and learn from each other so we can grow together as professionals in this field of eating disorders. If you want to connect with me for supervision or membership with monthly content, please find me at bethharrell.com professionals.